again, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where this week we are featuring a hot show from July 10th, 1989. That's right. Giant Stadium, East Rutherford, Woo! New Jersey. Go Big but, Blue. But before Boo. we go into our main event this evening, I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-hosts, Nob and Fig, go ahead and say good evening, boys. Good evening, good boys. evening, Nob. I didn't know you were a Giants fan. What's up with that? I do. I'm I'm a lifelong child. I'm I'm from Jersey, so I grew up in a Giants household. I once got Maybe. to skip school when they lost or when they won the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, and I don't. I can't let the Patriots fans ever forget we won the Super Bowl. Well, <laughs> my Eagles also beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl, so we got that in common. Yeah, right. So it's not that hard, I guess. Um. <laughs> All right, this week on our Channel 6 segment, we only have really one thing, and uh, it's a pretty big thing. It is uh, Jerry's 80th birthday, and when was that? Was that on Monday? Was that the first? Yes. And in our show sheets here, I believe I'm horrible with my New York City landmarks. Is that the Empire State Building? It is. That was Ish. my wife in the background of the podcast. Say hello, everybody, if she was heard. <laughs> I miss his game. Um, yeah, happy birthday to Jerry. It's pretty cool that they, they lit the uh, Empire State Building up in tie-dye kind of hippie uh, cool colors there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, once again, we are focusing on July 10th, 1989, East Rust. East Rutherford, New Jersey, Giants Stadium. It was a hot and rainy Monday night Normie, in 1989. Um, yes, and here's something I'm not used to, personally, before we go into the set list. Mm. I'm not used to having bands opening for the Grateful Dead. Yeah. Like, like this had Los Lobos as the opener, as well as they had the Neville Brothers with them. Um, whenever we go to shows now, it's, you know, we're going to see the boys. I, I don't know how I would feel going to see an, an opener, um, beforehand, but you know, just, just different back then. Yeah, anyway, I know Sting used to open for them and that yeah. to me seems like a weird thing. <laughs> I want to go see Sting's solo stuff and then two and a half hours of the Grateful Dead. The weirdest opener I've ever seen for a band was Cool in the Gang. Open okay. for Van Halen. Wow. Yeah. All right. That yeah. was a good time. And um <laughs> it was just like one of those things <laughs> like these things really don't go together, but we're in the middle of Reading and they are happening. So <laughs> and, and you gotta I mean, you know, the opening band I think is important. You know, it gets people in the mood, you know, they can enjoy themselves once the um main act comes out. So I get it. Especially Los Lobos, that'd be a really cool that sounds like a really great show. Sounds yes. like an awesome experience. We have a lot of Reddit comments of people who are there. It sounds so cool. So I'm glad we're featuring this one. So let's go ahead and dive into set number one. Um, and actually, we're going to feature a Reddit comment uh, right after I go over set one here. So set one opens up with Feels Like a Stranger into Franklin's Tower. Then we got Walkin' Blues, Jack Rowe, When I Paint My Masterpiece, Tennessee Jed. The music never stopped, and then set one ended with Don't Ease Me In. And I do want to feature the Reddit comment by Reddit user Lost the Weight, who states, 
that they always loved a good feel like a Franklin's because this set mm. opened up with feels like a stranger into Franklin's tower. And that brings us one of our talking points today, um, which we were going to speak uh, about when we go over the sets is what songs we like before Franklin's tower. Um, feel like a stranger into Franklin's tower is a, um, I would say a peculiar one, but definitely a, on the rarer side um, for Franklin's Tower. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and stop blabbering. And Nob, go ahead and give me your thoughts on set number one. I thought set one was fun. Um, I do like the Feel Like a Franklin's opener. My favorite pairing is uh, in the late 70s, they did a few Warfrat Franklin's Towers towards Ooh. the end of set two. Um, and I thought that was a really lovely combo. The two songs are in a similar key, um, and the more mellow... Warfrat provides a really nice lift into Franklin's. But anyway, jumping back to this show. Uh, I thought this opener was really fun. I thought the Franklin's was especially strong. Jerry is in a very good mood. And yeah. I, that's true for most of tonight. Jerry is having a really good time, and it just brings the energy to this show to a really nice level. Um, I love Jerry's last solo on Franklin's with the really fast chords. with the blah, 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 blah. It was great. Um... I'm not always a big walking blues fan. It, this one works to me. Brent solo is the highlight. Um, that is yep, definitely worth checking out. Um, Jerry's really into the Jackaro. It's very bouncy. Um, not much to say about it. Besides, I thought it was good. Um, masterpiece is fun. Um, I thought about this. I think Bob Weir might do my favorite version of when I paint my masterpiece. I've heard many a voice on it. I think I like his the best. Um, but they do, they do absolutely screw the pooch on the ending of this one. They, they very much get lost, and then it just kind of stops. Um, I'm not a big Tennessee Jed person. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think it's well played, but it didn't really speak to me. But the crowd was really into it, so I, I'll give it a pass. Um, but then... The music never stopped that followed is honestly probably my favorite part of set one, probably behind that opener. Uh, it's a really zippy, really energetic music never stopped that just soars. Um, and then a fun don't ease me in at the end. Those are my thoughts. What about you, Fig? Hey, thanks. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to have to echo a lot of those thoughts. Um, wow. On the Feel Like a Franklin, I've never heard of Feel Like a Franklin's before. I, I, I just love how that rolls off the tongue, Feels Like a Franklin. It, it, it's almost like a, um, I don't know, like a candy bar commercial or something. It's like, I feel like a Franklin's today or something. That sounds like a candy bar. It's, I make, it's making me hungry for candy. I really want candy right now. Um, but, you know, for me, one of the albums that really got me on the bus was Dead Set. And so mm. Dead Set was, you know, not a, it's kind of a, kind of a Frankenstein monster of a, um, of a live set, um, all from October of 80. Um, and there is a feel like a Franklin's. However, they're from two entirely different shows, which I don't think I realized, mm -hmm. you know, for all the times I've uh, grown up on, or, you know, uh, listened to this album growing up. Um, the Feel Like a Stranger is from October 4th um, in the Warfield Theater. And then we get to the Franklin's, which is October 25th. So it's just kind of an interesting pairing, even though com two completely different shows, two com diff completely different uh, parts of uh, that month of October in 80. But I've always loved that kind of connection of Feel Like a Stranger in the Franklin's Tower uh, pretty much from Dead Set. So that, those are my thoughts there. Um, getting back to the set. Um, yeah, so we missed 
we missed the first song, which is tuning, where the band gets into. I don't know if you guys heard this, but they they got into Mexican hat dance. The Mexican hat dance, and it was actually a lot of fun. And I was just thinking, one. like, you know, they probably. I mean, you know, it's not that hard of a song, but like, they probably have never rehearsed the song before. You know, clearly they're just kind of shooting the shit up there, and yeah. they're playing in front of I don't know eighty thousand people just. You know, Mexican hat dance. Here it comes, and uh, that was that was a pretty fun way to start the show. And then, like Nob said, um, "Feel Like a Franklin's" had a ton of energy. Great opener. I love "Feel Like a Stranger" as an opener. It's one of my favorite, and the boys did not disappoint um, today. Uh, "Walking Blues." Um, this is a point I thought uh, Nob was going to get to, but this is the first time that we've featured "Walking Blues" mm. on the podcast, so which is cool. I keep forgetting it because I keep mixing it up with CC Rider. Yeah, they're all the same song. Um, but I would echo exactly what you said. Brent's solo is not to be missed in Walking Blues. Um, Jackaro, I, I agree 100%. I think you stole my uh, my notes here. Um, it, it was just fun to see Jerry having so much fun because yeah. he was it was really well played, really well sung on Jerry's part. Um, Masterpiece was good. Um, not one of my favorite songs, and they kind of botch it um, at the end there. Um, Tennessee Jed, so apparently a part of the legend of this show is that there was uh, downpours and there was uh, lightning and, and, and thunder. And I think the downpour started in Jed. And the cool thing was I was listening to one of the Matrix recordings. So of course, Matrix are soundboards attached to, or I guess mixed in with the audience recordings. And yeah. you could hear the crowd reacting to downpours. And, and it probably felt great for the crowd because my understanding that it was hot and humid all day. I mean, it was July in the summer um, in New Jersey. It, it gets hot. And I'm yep. sure the downpour felt great until we get into music never stopped when lightning b- balls of lightning uh, come along, and um, and and music never stopped was was pretty cool because you you know uh, it was a ripping song. Um, the last half Jerry was really going, and it, it wasn't the tightest version of music never stopped, but it was you know frantic and fun. And I think because of uh, all the weather that was happening out there. Um, and then we get to a Don't Ease Me In, which uh, got into uh, the set break. So, Game, what are your thoughts on set one? And, uh, and Feel Like a Franklin's. So first off, um, I do agree with you that Feel Like a Franklin's does absolutely sound like it should be a jingle to a candy bar. Um, <laughs> so Hershey's, if you're listening to this, you should make a Franklin's Tower candy bar and then use Feel Like a Franklin's as the... Um... Hey, do not do not give the Jerry Estate <laughs> any ideas. Do not... <laughs> You they know, do not need another licensing deal. You know what? <laughs> Before we go into my thoughts on set one, uh, did you see today that the Jerry Estate shut down um, a fairly popular Instagram no. vendor? No. Yes. Um, Tumble Down Shack. Oh. Uh, they <laughs> hit him with, I think, four. Um, him. I'm not sure if it's a him or her or whatever, but um, they hit them with... I believe three or four season desists on who knows what design. Dang. Yeah, I didn't know that kind of stuff was still going on so hot and heavy. But uh, I know they're so. like they're picky about <laughs> some of the images and not others, and it's you just have to find which ones fall through the cracks. But you know they have hot sauce and weed, so yep. whatever. Anyway, yep. Anyway, it's officially licensed hot sauce and weed. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Hey, I will say when they had their Grateful Dead um 
cookies in the supermarket, the cookie thins. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to get this. There's a Grateful Dead there on it. So I was right, You guys are getting me hungry. We're talking about candy bars, talking about cookies. Come on. That's how anyway. I was tricked into drinking that beer because it had Ripple on the name. <laughs> anyway, back into set one. Um, Fuel Like a Franklin's. Um, I, I, as I was talking pre-show, um, I just really like Franklin's Tower. Yeah. Um, yeah. and to me, it's always its own experience. It's never like I need it with help slip. Um, I don't always, I don't know. It's just, it's Franklin's Tower and it's good. Um, it's, good. And it's great, right? I, I think it's kind of I, I don't want to jump all over you, the, your comment, but it, it's one of the paradigmatic Grateful Dead songs in the sense that it's one or two or three chords. It's not one chord. It's at least two or three chords. It's three. Right. It's three, and and it's just kind of repeated, and and it's simple, and it's you know the lyrics are are beautiful and lush, and and it's just kind of a uh, I don't know, kind of like a tug of war between the verse and the chorus. It's it's very much what the Grateful Dead is all about, and it's awesome and. I hope you agree. Game continue. I um I'm interested in hearing those Warfarat Franklin's Tower, um uh, because to yeah. me, um as far as imagery of the song goes, you really can't have two polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, like Warfarat, right. it's like you know, like I'm in a heroin den, and Franklin's Tower is we are skipping down the river bend. <laughs> you know, so like <laughs> to me, like that's how those two songs, like in my mind where they go in those two songs. So I need to check those out because I would probably really enjoy those two together like that. But anyway, back into set one, um, as you said, Jerry was having fun this entire show. Um, Feel Like a Stranger was great. Franklin's Tower was great. Um, Walkin' Blues was okay. I would say if there's a weak part of set one, it would be Walkin' Blues to me, even though Brent does have that... Uh, smoke or solo that's still i don't know it kind of and maybe it's just because we haven't listened to it yet uh on our podcast and truthfully most of the shows i listen to throughout the week grateful dead related are our podcast shows so maybe it just came out of like left field for me i just wasn't ready for it uh but it was it was okay um, I don't know if Walking Blues is a song that gets better on the relist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's kind of fungible with like CC and a lot of those other bluesy numbers. Yeah, that they when throw it soars, it really soars, and when it doesn't, it's fine. It's another song in the set. Um, I had the video on of this concert, so when uh, Jack Rose started, Jerry was just bopping back and forth as he was playing, and that always puts me in a good mood, whether he's smiling and he's bopping. And um, he had, you know, how many thousand people in the palm of his hand. Uh, when I paint my masterpiece was probably my favorite part of set one. Um, and I think it's just because I love every 1989 Bob Weir masterpiece. Um, that's just, if I had to truthfully pick maybe my favorite, like, Grateful Dead song, that's very much in the contention. Grateful uh, Dead song or, or Dylan cover of a Grateful Dead song? Or um yeah, I guess, cover of a Dylan song. I guess I guess we should say Grateful Dead cover of a Dylan song. Yeah. Um but to me it's 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 I that's a dead song to me. Cool. Um Tennessee Jet was good, Music Never Stop was good, and uh I love Don't Ease Me In, and this was a great way to end um set one to go right into the holy crap, the weather 
is coming announcements <laughs> that was in between <laughs> set one and set two. All right, one second here. All right, so set number two kicked off with Foolish Heart into Just a Little Light, um, into playing in the band, into Uncle John's band, into Just a Nice Jam, into Drums and Space. And then we had Ico Ico, All Along the Watchtower, uh, Morning Dew, and Sugar Magnolia. Uh, and we're going to flip the script here, boys. I normally always pivot to one of you first, but I want to go ahead and dive into set number two here. Um, first off, as we were discussing earlier, how underrated is Foolish Heart? Extremely. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It is just like the best. <laughs> it's and an it, amazing song. And and it's like the studio version's good, the yeah. live version's good, the video's good, like everything around Foolish Heart is good. Uh, and the fact that it took Dead and Company till 2022 to bring that one back uh, is, a, is a travesty. Um, this was an excellent way to open up um, set number two. Now, here is why I wanted to share my thoughts first. Um, the weakest part of the entire show, uh, and especially set number two, in my humble opinion, was just a little light. I oh, that's love Brett coming song. from you. I love Brett's them. song. I know. I I love the man to death. Um, <gasps> however, why are you bringing me down? <laughs> you know, you're entitled like, to. Your... Oh, I got you. Yeah. You know, it's like this whole show was a blast. Well, Jerry bopping, everything fun, and then it's like I understand you need contrast, this and that. Um. I just, I don't know. It, it, to me, it wasn't fitting that set list. Um, maybe sub just a little light for tons of steel. <laughs> and and I, I might be a little more into it. But yeah, just a little light um, did not do it for me too much uh, at set number two. Um, playing in the band, Uncle John's band, um, was great. Um, I actually listened to all of Drums and Space today, which as long time, if there are any long time listeners of our podcast realize, I normally don't do that. Um, what do you think? Well, uh, it made my tasks at work that I was working on, um, I don't want to say easier. <laughs> it definitely, um, I want to say at one point during Space, it really did feel like I was in like a 1980s MIDI video game. Like, big boop, big boop, yeah. big boop. And I was just like, he needs to stop this immediately because I'm going insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made it through and it was, nice. I would say, on the better part of good uh, for Jumps in Space. Um, Ico Ico, uh, I missed Brent's vocals in Ico Ico uh, because starting with Ico Ico, uh, the Neville brothers uh, were with the boys. And one of them, I don't think it was Aaron, <laughs> uh, was doing the vocals, uh, was doing Brent's vocal part of Ico Ico. Um, all along the Watchtower, I normally don't care for, but I thought Bobby did a really great job 
on this one. Uh, Morning Dew was excellent. Um, Sugar Magnolia was excellent. And then I forgot to speak about the Encore. Um, the Encore was Knocking on Heaven's Door, which I also love. And I thought it was an excellent way to end, uh, end the night. So now that I'm done rambling about my thoughts on set two, um, Fig, go ahead and give us your thoughts. Sure, thanks. Um, yeah, some parts I agree with, some parts I somewhat disagree with, but um, totally agree with Fool Sharp being completely underrated, and um, I don't know what happened with that song. I mean, it was a single, like, did it not do well? Like, like why did the scene kind of collectively kind of forget about Foolish Heart? Where, where's Foolish Heart been? Um, I think that it's an incredible song. I think that the video is even better. I guess maybe they were trying to to um you know they, they couldn't recapture the uh, celebrity that, that that they got from um touch of gray uh but you know because it's a five and a half minute song it's just not a great you know single to be playing on uh mtv in 1989 but uh, foolish heart does some stuff that makes me you know that really makes me love the grateful dead you know like it, it almost feels like when the dead are the dead are the best to me when they behave not like a band, but almost like an organism. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain how I feel about this, but this is this is how I feel. Where you have, you know, the drummers, and and they're the heart of the organism, and they're doing stuff, and and it it works, even though it might not work with the rest of the song. And you have Brent, and you know, Brent is is putting like the flash on the organism, like with his with the, with the with the lick that he does there. Da 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 da. And you have Jerry, who's just you know powering through, and and the whole song just sounds like something to be you know to be picked up and inspected rather than like heard and and listened to. It's something that the Grateful Dead can do. It's something that there's you know other artists that I appreciate that do it too. It's one of the things I love about the band, and you know it's rare that they can reproduce that. You know, well, live they do they do it right. Um, I think it was rare that they could reproduce a Foolish Heart live, but this Foolish Heart I thought was fantastic, and it was just very well played. Um, the, the the like middle, I guess, was just extended jam, and I thought that it was kind of going to be an outro jam, but then Jerry comes back in with a uh, what I term a fake-out verse, <laughs> so there was a final verse there, but um, it was a 10-minute Foolish Heart. It was just fantastic. Um, I agree with you about Just a Little Late. It didn't really work uh, in the set placement. Um, I will say though that this was the built to last tour, so maybe they were just featuring some built to last stuff. And between Foolish Heart and Just a Little Light, you know, it's a really good Brent, um, you know, uh, showcase. Uh, and then we get into um, some great jamming, um, probably like 30, 40 minutes between playing in the band, Uncle John's Band, into drums and space. Um, the transition from Uncle John's Band to drums is not to be missed. Um, in drums, there was a cool sample that uh, Mickey was doing. Um, he was sampling May This Be Love off of uh, Hendrix's um, Access Bold, not Access Bold, I love, uh, Are You Experienced album. Um, and it, it was just kind of cool to hear him sample that and, and kind of have people experience that lick again. Um, and the highlight for me, um, I didn't really get into Ico Ico. Uh, Watchtower for me isn't great although this one i did like um but the highlight for set mm, full sharp was really good the highlight for the end of set two was morning dew i thought jerry w just really played everything it was such a huge um 
Jerry uh, showcase and highlight of um, his singing and playing was just phenomenal. Um, I started and underlined uh, uh, Morning Dew. It was just fantastic. Um, and we get into a well-played Sugar Mags and a knocking on Heaven's Door. Um, and uh, yeah, really well-played set too. Uh, let's hear what um, Nob has to say about things. Thank you. Um, I'll echo a lot that has been said about Foolish Heart so far. Well, I think, to your point, Fig, uh, Foolish Heart is interesting within the Dead catalog, because the point that you made about each part kind of working as its own thing within an organism, that yeah. is kind of by design in that song. Foolish Heart, unlike a lot of other Dead tunes, doesn't have a lot of chords in it. If you listen to what Bobby's playing, to what Jerry's playing, <laughs> Phil, Brent, it's four lines. Nobody's really playing chords, but the way that all of these lines interact with each other makes the sense of chords, uh, makes this song the way that it is. Um, <laughs> and Jerry talked in interviews when the song came out about really enjoying that aspect of it, the fact that everyone was playing a line rather than just fitting into these chords. Um, and so Very it does cool. make an interesting song, and I do kind of get, though, why... Other bands like Dead & Co. don't necessarily do it because it's only lines. There are no chords. It's kind of a pain in the ass to play. Um, so I don't fault them for not doing it. I'm also just not in love with how Dead & Co.'s been doing it. But they're getting better. They're getting there. Um, uh, I, w I will say I wasn't as in love with this Foolish Heart. I like the song. Um, and the band was absolutely on fire. I'll, no questions there. Brent's key stuff, absolutely. Uh, 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 the instrumental jam, which I was also faked out by. In my notes, I wrote, instrumental jam at the end of Foolish Heart was especially strong. Oh, it's not the <laughs> end. There's another verse. Yeah, surprise! Um, yeah. Um, uh, Just a Little Light is fine. Uh, Brent gets into it, which is cool. There's a nice little quiet jam towards the end. Um, the playing in the band, I thought, had some really nice jams to it, and then was cut short incredibly short for the 80s but yeah. i was really getting into it before we switched over to uncle john's band i really was uh expecting a little more playing um uh, this is a thought that i just remembered but it's been true for the whole show someday i will fist fight dan healy for how much he buried bob in this mix <laughs> i i know it to be true someday i will have to it, it, I, I wish you could hear Bob more, because when you focus on him in this mix, you can hear him, but it's really a Jerry and Phil kind of mix. Um, and so you do lose a lot of his cool contributions. And Mr. Um, Healy, if, if you're listening, you know, get with us at uh, helponthewaypod at gmail.com, and, and we can arrange that uh, fisticuffs. Um, sanctioned. <laughs> for charity. Was, we'll do it for charity. Yeah. Uh, it was a well-done Uncle John's band. Uh, I thought it was fun to hear Bobby correct Jerry because Jerry got lost on what voice, verse they were on. He started singing Anybody's Choice during the first verse, and then Bob had to come in with, Let me know your mind, which quickly reminded Jerry what the lyrics were at this point. Um, I agree that the jam going from Uncle John's to drums is absolutely a highlight, absolutely not to miss tonight. Um... It's a very long drum space at, one, yeah. at about the 13 minute mark. I looked down at my phone and went, oh my God, it's 20 minutes long. <laughs> um, but it had a nice build to it. There was a nice, especially drums and space together. It had a really nice arc to it. Um, it was angry at the start. There was some nice groove once they added the Neville Brothers drummer. Um, got to some really nice peak and then space started out nice and groovy with everybody. Then got to some weird places. 
Um, it was good. Um, I liked the Ico. It's weird. I never considered Ico to be a post-drum song, but we've gotten like three post-drums Icos doing this show. Yeah. And it's totally changed my mind on that. Um, this one's fun. I, I like uh, hearing the other Neville brothers sing it, just because it is nice to mix it up once in a while, but I do always love Brent singing that verse. I wasn't in love with Watchtower. I thought it was fine, but it just didn't blow me away. Um, but, but as has been said, Morning Dew. Uh, I, yeah. It's a dew that can do no wrong. Uh, Jerry sounds great. It's hard to talk about because it just works. He, he, he's on it. The band is on it. Just everybody's firing at all cylinders for a lovely, lovely Morning Dew. Um, and then a little bit rocky of a start to Sugar Mag, but once it gets cooking, it's got some really nice energy to bring us home. And I'm not a huge knocking on Heaven's Door person, but this one's a good rendition. It's got some nice solos. The tempo's nice and moderate. Um, yeah. All Great show. Right. So, which set do we want to feature this week? Set one or set two? Uh, Nob, I'm going to go ahead and give you first vote this week. I think I'm going to go with set two. Because, and that was me thinking out loud as I spoke. No, I, I do think I'm going to go with set two. Um, just because I think uh, it has fewer lowlights compared to set one. Did I call it act two by accident? Um, yeah, I, like I would two. go with set two <laughs> over set one. Um, Fig, what is your vote, good sir? Um, it's a hard one because Mexican hat dance was such a strong number <laughs> um, in set one. <laughs> I, I really liked them both. I thought this was a fantastic show, but I'm going to go with two as well. All right. And actually, I'm going to go with set two actually as well. I'm a set two boy this week. So uh, after our podcast, you will hear set two of July 10th, 1989, which of course opens up with just a foolish heart. Um, And of course, our (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Our ending segment of the night um, Book of the Dead. Does this show make your Book of the Dead? Um, for me, that is a resounding yes. And I will echo. Um, maybe not resounding, but definitely yes. It was a fantastic show. So glad that we got to feature this one. Yeah, I mean, it's July 89. It's really hard to go wrong here. Um, I'll put this as a yes. We'll see where we're at at the end of the year, but I think so. Three yeses for Book of the Dead. Rarity. It is a rarity. Uh, We also have um, three Reddit comments. I'll go ahead and take the first one. This is from ShadyJake75. I'm still wet from all the rain, and my legs still hurt from jumping down onto the field. The one show where Mother Nature outdid Candace with the lighting. Mm. Um... You know what? I'll just take the second one too. Uh, the second one was from. I don't pronounce know how you it. pronounce the username, no, so I will. Try. <laughs> e- <Yeah>. Toe W. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So from Reddit user Toe W, uh, they let us know that that is a hot fucking show. And you know what? I agree. 
Um, and you know what, Fig? You can go ahead and read the last one there from X Blatt. X Blatt says, certainly the wildest weather show I've ever attended. Balls of lightning roll along, and bam! A bolt of lightning Ooh. flashes over the edge of the stadium. You can hear on the tapes all of us yell, whoa! And for an instant, we were all dancing like thousands of x-ray skeletons. Sky starts to clear for second set, and the stars come out for morning dew. That show still blows me away. That was awesome a great comment. A great comment, yeah. but I love your theatrics in that comment just as much. So oh, thank you. I love I love the imagery of uh, a thousand thousands of X-ray skeletons. Like if that's not a dead concert, I don't know what is. That's my dead All right. cover band. So this podcast we review the best of the Grateful Dead. And sometimes we have to review the not so best of the Grateful Dead. Um, well, let's not let's not count it out. I'm not saying no idea anything where you were going. Mind. <laughs> so next no week's idea. next week's show, uh, we are featuring May twenty third, nineteen ninety three. That's right, everybody. (laughs) It is May 23rd, 1993. Some saving graces, possibly, of the show. It is a Sunday show, and it was at Shoreline. So, good venue. There's there's some interesting um, song selections as well. So, just taking a look, it looks like set one opens with Jack Straw. Also, we get Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues... Looks like it's set two. We're getting a... Oh, oh, what the heck is Wave to the Wind? I'm not even oh. sure about that. <laughs> it's a Phil one. Oh, you guys oh. haven't heard Wave to the Wind so before? I've, I've, I've heard of it. I just pretend I haven't. No, I, um, but we get two Phil features here. Tom Thumbs, Blue and Wave to the Wind. Okay, I might be starting to agree with you there. Uh, <laughs> game. <laughs> so, um, next week's show... Oh, Dave, oh look at this! Do you guys Dude. notice this? Oh, we get Dude. Days Between! How apropos, as we are in the days between. We are in the days between. See, that that was planned. Absolutely. Um, Serendipity. I think they could the probably gave us a... slog through an entire rest of the set list <laughs> so we can hear a days between and go, ah, on our podcast. <laughs> they they could have gave us a, a better show with the days between <laughs> in it to the Grateful Dead Gods, but okay. Um, so once again, next week we are featuring uh, May 23rd, 1993, um, and as well as once this podcast is over, you will hear set two of July 10th, 1989. So let's go ahead and do our... Uh, end of show bookkeeping housekeeping uh for this episode please as always smash the subscribe button and like and share uh you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded but not the one that ends with crotify so if you have one that has a green logo and it ends with audify you won't find us on that one but you will find us on pretty much anything else um, you may also find us directly on the web at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. And cheap plug for my Twitch channel, which will be making a comeback, Brad. Uh, that is twitch.tv slash the GD channel. 
So that is everything I have for this evening's show. Fig or Nob, you have any parting words for our listeners this evening? Enjoy set two. To quote Um, the great Jerry Garcia, well, it looks like it's going to rain. And we on that, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast.
the world will wear the stain. The foolish heart will help you sleep and often make you curse. Selfish heart is trouble, but a foolish heart is worse.
Sunshine daydream. Walk you in the tall trees. Going where the wind goes. Blooming, blooming like a red rose. You're never gonna miss us. God, I see, I got you in the morning sunshine. Sunshine daydream. Sunshine daydream.
See y'all later.